The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host, who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power. And now, here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there, and welcome to Leadership for Life. Today's show is all about relationships. Relationships can be really tricky, whether they're the relationships with your significant other, your parents, your children, with your colleagues, with your staff, whoever. The first part of the show, I'm going to talk to you about the principles and strategies for, for having great, loving, interdependent relationships. And they are hard, you need to work at them. But I'm really thrilled to be able to introduce to you Paulette Rigo, and her specialty is what you do when relationships have gone wrong. And so we're going to spend some time about uh, talking about divorce and how not only do you manage the process of divorce, but how do you come out of the other end and start to look forward to living a loving life, even though you may have gone through very difficult times. So I want you to think about the relationships that you have with people. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because you've heard me say that every relationship that we have with ourselves is a reflection on the relationship we have with other people. And that sounds pretty trite, really. But if you think about it, if you are confident and that you like who you are, that you love you, wobbly bits and all, and there are always bits for development. I'm not talking about somebody who is completely narcissistic and thinks that they're wonderful and that they are perfect and they can do no wrong. That's something quite different. But learning to love who you are, including those things which you think you need to develop or to improve, is a really sound basis for great relationship with other people. Why? Because if you love who you are and you are confident you will come across in a way that's very different to those somebody who is very shy and doesn't believe in themselves. And it's amazing, you know, even if I think back to when I was a principal or a head teacher, bullies would only pick on those children who looked diffident, who weren't confident. Because bullies in themselves aren't confident. And they're not going to go with somebody who's going to stand up to them. Now, I'm not talking about violence, but I am talking about that energy that we give out. It's really interesting because one of the things I teach is being assertive, assertive, not aggressive. And so much of that is about the way in which you stand and the energy that you give out. I talk to people about becoming um, an archetype of a royal, ideally a medieval royal. Now, you might not know too much about English history, but if you had been Queen Elizabeth I or King Henry, the, King Henry VIII, if somebody didn't say or do what you liked, it was off to the tower. And if you weren't careful, it was off with your head. Their power was absolute. And so when they said something, they expected to be listened to. As a principle, 
young students would come and say, how is it you can stand up in front of a room of 600 people and you just say very quietly, I'm waiting. And the children would all sit ready listening. I can remember one student coming in and saying, I could dance naked in front of them and they wouldn't take any notice of me. And the difference is she didn't expect to be listened to, I did. And of course, if I gave children an ultimatum, a choice, and they chose the wrong choice, then I followed through because I had the confidence to do that. So if you want a great relationship with other people, the absolute place to start is with you. To recognize that you are an amazing, unique human being. There is only one of you. Even if you're a twin, there's still only one of you. And that you have the most amazing potential to be and do so much if you believe in it. But if you have no confidence in yourself, no self-worth, the likelihood is that you're going to find it difficult to create appropriate boundaries and certainly maintain them. So if somebody's nasty to you, unkind to you, unreasonable to you, then it's very difficult for you to deal with that because they have the power. One of the things that happens in so many relationships is that the power is given to other people to make us feel happy or secure, safe, confident. And if you give the power to other people, then you have to put up with what they give you. So if you've given your power to your partner to make you feel happy, to make you feel strong and whole, then if they're having a bad day, then by default, so do you. Setting and creating appropriate boundaries means understanding what your values are. And I've done a lot of relationship work over the years. And one of the things that I found, and I'm sure Paulette will have lots to tell us about this, but one of the things that I have found is if you have core values that are mismatched, unless you are aware of that and you do some work around it, it can be a really detrimental thing to any relationship. If you have no confidence in A, speaking up or that you don't believe that you're going to be listened to, that has an erosive impact on your sense of self-worth. When you are confident, when you do love who you are and somebody doesn't listen to you, and I'm not talking about the once or twice because they're busy engaged in something else, but because they're really not interested, you don't go and try and make them listen to you. You recognize and you say, thank you, but you're not for me. I can remember working with a lady who had a history of toxic relationships. She went for the bad boys. She found them exciting. And to start with, they would be the best thing since sliced bread. But very quickly, it turned into a power game. And they became controlling and she became needy. And as a result, after a while, that relationship would break down and then she'd go off into another relationship and another and another. And when I first started working with her um, and we, she was talking about all these relationships, I said, have you noticed the pattern? She was surprised. She looked at me as if to say, what pattern? But when you looked at each of them, although the hair color might be different, although the job they did might be different, they might be different heights and different waistlines, the same type of people, the same characteristics and the same problems. Soon after we'd started working with, uh, with one another, um, she met a different guy and she said to me, I don't know if it's the right one for me. He's too nice. 
He treats me so well. And I said to her, why is that a problem? It might not feel familiar because of the pattern of all of the people that you've been working with, but why are you dismissing it? And of course it was because she didn't think she deserved it. But having worked on her self-worth and hung in there on the relationship, what she recognised is that the things that she had found unfamiliar were actually in line with her true values once she knew what they were. And as a result, they started to go out. They're now happily married and have been happily married for some years. But it wasn't until she created a loving, caring relationship with her that she was able to sustain a loving relationship with someone else. Do you know what your core values are? You know, there are huge issues if your core values around money, family, trust and fidelity, sex are different with your partner. I find it interesting that people will often go into a relationship very quickly before they really know one another. And I'm sure that's the chemicals talking. But then living with someone is very different to going out with them. Um, and that's when the core values really matter. And learning to love someone unconditionally doesn't mean you have to be a doormat, but loving someone without the bartering. And so many relationships are based on this power bartering. I'll do this for you if you do this for me. And if you don't do this for me, well, I'm going to withdraw. And you find that many couples, the, the one bit of power that they have, that they use very frequently is the power of withdrawing emotional support. I will only love you if you are like this. I'll only love you if you do this, rather than I don't like what you're doing, but I love you to bits. But actually, that's that really does, is something that, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Please don't do it. Big difference. And I want you to think about that as we move into the next section where I'm going to speak to Paulette and she's going to share her story, which is an amazing one, and to share with you her expertise and experience, which is very significant. So after the break, come and join us. And I'm really thrilled to have Paulette Rigo going to join us in a moment. See you soon. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. 
Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving. The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there. Welcome back. And in a moment, I'm going to uh, share the show with Paulette Rigo. But before I do, I'd like to read you her bio. Those of you who have watched the show before know that I read the bio because these are so rich and I don't want to get anything wrong. Paulette Rigo is a mediator, certified divorce coach, transition and recovery coach, career transition specialist, author of Better Divorce Blueprint in the online course, book planner, and no matter what card deck, co-host of the Thriving in Chaos Project with attorney Sonia Kuralt, host of Best Life Ever Virtual Retreats, and founder of Better Divorce Academy. Her commitment to creating an optimal divorce experience is her life's work. It's Paulette's personal and professional experience and expertise that make her strive to create a better way to divorce from the early stage of contemplation to the necessary final steps of healing using practical tools, inspiration, and a proven mediation and negotiation model. So, without more ado, let me welcome Paulette Rigo. Hi there. Hi, Gina. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. It's great to have you here. And, you know, when we're talking about relationships, it's so easy to just talk about when things go right or just talk about when things go wrong. But it seemed to me that to have the, the, the balance, ideally you want things to go right, but so often these days they do go wrong and sometimes quite spectacularly. But before we get into your work, tell us about your story. Absolutely. Well, um, in a nutshell, this would have to be a, a five-hour radio show, <laughs> all of the details. But, you know, I, if you were to tell me, uh, we had a conversation years ago that I was going to do the work I do, uh, you would, I would have said to you, Gina, you're crazy. But, you know, it found me. And I do believe that um, when we find our purpose and we really authentically, genuinely live like you preach, which I adore everything that you stand for, um, you really can't help but do the work that you do if you were meant to do it. So I, at the tender age of 17, I fell in love and um, I had a Barbie and Ken relationship. It looked perfect and it was really healthy in so many ways. Um, I was um, went to college, got married, had three beautiful children, and woke up one day feeling like nothing fit. Everything just felt like I was living someone else's life. It felt a little bit like half fairy tale and half just a confusing journey of mishmash. 
didn't really understand how I got where I got because I was always allowing everyone else to make my own decisions for me. And I find so many women allow us us to just do that. You know, it's like we have this long list of things that we're supposed to achieve as women, you know, check, check, check. And before you know it, you wake up and you say, where am I? Who am I? So I ended up making a major decision to stop a career that I had fallen into for 20 years of running and managing a dance studio. Um, Loved being a dance teacher, but it really wasn't my purpose. It wasn't who I was meant to be. I I could point my toes and do pirouettes and and it all just felt so natural and teaching and all, but it still never felt like me. Um, And then the marriage felt like it just wasn't um, it wasn't a good fit. It felt like we are, we weren't living congruent lives. All of our decisions were kind of on automatic pilot. And again, letting all those family members and um, outside influences make our decisions for us. So long story short, um, after I'd quit the a career of 20 years of teaching and performing and choreographing and running a performing art studio. I became a stay-at-home hockey mom and um, or soccer mom as they're called, um, you know, football mom in this in the States, I mean, in the overseas in the UK and, and realized, wow, okay, what is, what is the next chapter? So I ended up um, starting my own registered yoga school and trained many, many uh, yoga practitioners to become teachers. And through that long congruent process, I started to find a little bit more about what made me tick and what made me really congruently happy. So um, I filed for divorce eventually after 20 years of marriage, thinking it would be a very um, amicable one. And it was nothing of the kind. I happened to be the 1% that endured an eight and a half year fully litigated divorce trial all the way to the uh, appellant, Supreme Appellant Court in our state. And it taught me so much about um, the law and finances and parenting and uh, mental health and really how to live a life that is authentic and genuine. And here I am. I. Um, founded Better Divorce Academy as a way after becoming a registered mediator and certified divorce coach. I'm also a a certified uh, macrobiotic cook and counselor, as well as a registered yoga teacher trainer. Uh, So that journey, and that took about 15 to 20 years um, Mm -hmm. to uncover of stepping into my own voice and power, and now being able to really hold the hand of women, although I have several male clients as well, through the very beginning sense of confusion um, in, I'm not exactly sure, I can't put my thumb on it, but there's something about this relationship, something about this marriage that doesn't feel connected. There's Mm -hmm. something that's gone wrong here. And you know that 70% of divorce is filed by women. I had no idea about that. That completely threw me for a loop, particularly, and that's an international statistic. It isn't just here in the States, but I also have clients in Canada, US, UK, and the Caribbean in in Central America. So, and and that average amount of time that that 70% of women that file have that internal dialogue with themselves privately before they even have the courage to utter those words out loud is two years. And those two years are scary years of confusion, 
overwhelm, so much fear, sadness, uh, guilt, blame, and anxiety. I'm sure they are. I mean, eight and a half years sounds horrendous. Yeah, sometimes when I think back of it, uh, it, it feels like a lifetime. It almost feels like uh, someone else's life that I was living. Um, it, it really changed so much about you and so much, it, it changed so much about me as a person. Um, but it also taught me so much, Gina. I do consider it a gift. Uh, it made me wiser, smarter, stronger, more confident, and a lot more at peace. I'm sure it did. But I have to say for people who are in that two years of confusion, mm. what would you say to them? You know, imagine I'm, I'm one of your people that have approached you and said, I'm in a marriage. I'm not happy. It doesn't feel right. What pearls of wisdom would you give them in that stage of thing, at that stage? Sure, that's a great question. Well, I would start with listening to your inner voice. We typically turn down or dial down that internal message that we get from our soul, telling us or whispering, there's something wrong and we don't want to hear it. So we whisper, but there are 21 main reasons why divorce happens. I can run through them quickly or uh, put a PDF out there if you'd like in the, um, in the show notes, because it might what, take some time. What would be useful, I think, is if you could run through them very quickly and then perhaps just choose two to do in a little bit more detail, your, your top two, Absolutely. if that would work. Right. Yeah. So the top 21, of course, and they're not in any particular order. So yes. if anyone thinks that this is the order. But number one, of course, infidelity. That's the one everyone thinks is the 99% of reasons why marriages fail. So number two is money. Money is a big one. Number three, lack of communication. Number four, constant bickering and arguing with no outcome. Number five, weight gain. Sounds superficial, but very true. Number six, unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. Number seven, a lack of intimacy. Eight, a lack of equality, where both partners don't mm -hmm. feel that they're on even playing field. Yeah. Number nine, not being prepared. 50% of divorce happens between the fourth and the eighth anniversary. So really? on in the marriage where you just don't feel that you took enough time to prepare for a healthy relationship. Number 10, abuse. And there are seven different types. So we typically think of physical and sexual, but there are also financial, spiritual, emotional, mental, and psychological abuse. Number 11, addiction. And addiction form in many different um, colors. Um, number 12, different parenting styles. Parenting styles uh, can be um, conflicting in many ways. Uh, number 13, didn't marry for love. Sounds sad, but many people don't marry for love. And I don't just mean like um, arranged marriage no. in some cultures, you know, that is to be understood. Number 14, lack of disclosure or sincerity, where there really isn't that sense of sincerity jumping into it. 15, lack of identity or self-esteem. 16, irreconcilable differences, which is what we hear, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. there's um, an uncontested divorces where you just really can't, you agree to disagree, 
Uh, number 17, long distance. That can that can be um, a determining factor yeah. for some people. Number 18, interference from parents and family. That's a tough one. Uh, 19, jealousy and insincerity, where there's a lot of uh, jealousy and, and green-eyed monsters. 20, control struggles. Who runs the purse strings? Who makes the decisions? Mm -hmm. And who's the good parent? Who's the bad parent? All those sort of leveling the playing field. And who has control and likes to keep control? And lastly, your spouse is gay and you're just unwilling to look the way. So those are the top 20 reasons. If I were to, to um, focus on just the, the top ones, I'm going to stick with abuse mm -hmm. and... Um, different parenting styles. So okay. abuse can be really challenging because again, there's seven different ways of seeing abuse rearing in its ugly head. Um, and, and we don't always like to talk about them. And domestic yeah. violence is naturally one that, you know, if, if someone is being harmed in any way, you've got to get out, mm. at least get help, find a friend where you can be, find a, find a shelter, whether that be a friend's basement, um, anywhere. You've got to get yourself out of a dangerous situation. But there's those underlying, um, um, not quite so overt, but more covert forms that can really eat away at your self-esteem and self-confidence. And it makes you feel as if something's wrong with you, that you're going crazy, and that you really don't know your reality. Sometimes it's called gaslighting, when you feel like your reality isn't being acknowledged yeah or it's denied, that can be very confusing. So if you feel that there's really a sense of feeling being talked down to and criticized and belittled, disregarded, disrespected, it can weigh very heavy on your shoulders. So I recommend getting help, making sure that you are not feeling alone. And when it comes to parenting. Just um, before you do, because I, I just, I'd rather, before we move away from this, because I think it's such a big thing. I was listening to the news in the UK and during the pandemic when people have been locked down, uh, they reckon that abuse has gone, the reports of abuse, and that's only the, the tip of the iceberg, have gone up eightfold. Oh, my dear. It's such a disturbing statistic, but so true. Do you know the divorce rate originally went up 34%. Now we're hearing it's 40 up percent because of the pandemic. And abuse is becoming harder to hide because mm -hmm. when you're outside of the home, yeah. I can live my life, you can you, you yeah. live yours. The elephant in the living room, as they say, is easier to hide yeah. under the rug and sort of sweep under the rug when you can sort of, um, um, you know, skirt the issues. Well, if you're out of the house, you know, I'll I tell you another time when when divorces seem to me to happen is when one or both partners retire. And it's the same sort of thing that you're spending much more time in each other's company with less opportunity to escape. Yeah. But what strikes me is I and I'd be really grateful for your opinion around how often these types of abuses are combined so that the physical abuse with emotional and, and mental abuse and control, because I've worked with a number of abused people. And I have to say, one of the questions that, that really strikes me is, why didn't you leave sooner? Mm. And so often it's because people felt that whether it's better the devil that you know than the unknown 
devil that you don't or whether it's they've been so battered that they don't believe that they could exist on their own I don't know but I'd be very interested for your take on that absolutely you, you know that when you are in a circumstance that feels familiar it's you start to get very comfortable it's what you know yeah. and you don't really know that there's a better way of living mm -hmm. so you start to normalize the pain you start to get comfortable in the um confusion yeah and when things become um um i don't know uh unfamiliar it makes people unsettled mm -hmm. like people don't like change yeah. and it becomes very comfortable that comfortable sweater that comfortable yeah. pair of socks that comfortable pair of jeans that we go to we have our routines and when the norm or the routine is broken it, it becomes um unsettling and people that are over 50 they tend to be stuck in their ways you know mm -hmm. what's that saying of you know um don't like new tricks so um I, i've even had people renovate their kitchens and they do it in the same exact um layout they maybe yeah. they have a new countertop but the, the refrigerator is in the same spot so marriages uh in relationships whether you're marriage married or not tend to be uh something that we get really comfortable with and we like the norm but fear has a lot to do with it so when you start to question that unsettling to your point and you start to consider what are my options it's a big big thought process of really going through feeling your feelings deciding what you want being responsible for yourself and understanding what are the deal breakers if there is a deal breaker a red flag that cannot be adjusted or changed that's something that you really need to consider and how to prepare and protect yourself so that you know that there is a better alternative. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I, you know, I'm reminded of this, they did a terrible experiment um, in the 50s, may have mentioned it on the show before, where they put frogs into cold water and they heated the water up um, and the frogs didn't jump out because the water got hot gradually. Whereas when they dropped frogs into boiling water, the frogs jumped out. And I think marriage and relationships can be very much like that. It's not until you take a step away and you look at what's been going on that you realize that what's been going on is so toxic. Beautiful point. And that's one of the reasons I started to do retreats is to um, break the norm. Think. Let's think of the word retreat when you withdraw or yeah. remove yourself from the norm. Because when you become so inocul inoculated, right, where you feel um, numb and, yeah. and un unconscious or disconnected yeah. to um, uh, what the norm is and and is this normal and you start to spend more time with people that are healthier or more aware more i hate mm -hmm. to use the word enlightened but more awakened to the fact that oh there's a different way to live yeah where you can you know ignorance is not bliss no. it really isn't you say oh ignorance is bliss not no. when it comes to relationships you really need to step into clarity and understand that there is a different way of living that is healthier and better. Mm -hmm. Now, many marriages can be saved. I'm not pro-divorce. No. Uh, it's like I'm not pro-cancer. Uh, I am proactive in making the relationship healthier and better 
or making healthier decisions to end the relationship with grace and dignity so that both parties can really live a healthier, happier life. And the children really do know if there are children, you know, we say, we say that um, children, you know, are meant to be seen and not heard. Well, they, they listen. They really oh, they do. They do. They pick it up. They pick up the energetic vibration, don't they? When their people are being, when they're unhappy or when they're being angry all the time or frustrated. And they often think it's their fault. Yeah, they do. They tend to think it's their fault because they're 50% mom and 50% dad. And if dad or mom is bad, then I'm 50% bad. And that is not a great yeah. way for children to grow up. And it is scary. So it's a good so, decision. That's a great segue to just briefly talk to us about difference in parenting and how that impacts on the relationship between the two parents. Yeah, it can be summed up easily in the fact that um, most children see one parent as the good parent and one parent as the bad parent. And I don't mean good or bad as in evil. I mean good as in, you know, oh, mommy, mommy or daddy lets me have candy. Or, you know, this one makes me make my bed and do my homework. Um, typically, when, when relationships start to go awry, it's like we start here and one parent starts to give less. And then the other has a choice. They can either go down and lift them up or they can move over and squash them down. And uh, the other a parent can do the same with parenting. We can either start to be, um, oh, don't let them have to eat their carrots tonight, you know, give them a, a candy bar. And I know I'm talking in simplicity when children are little, but as teenagers- uh, Oh, it gets a whole lot more complicated, doesn't it? it? But if, if parents play one, together, one another against each other, it can get very sticky. So when a relationship starts to go awry with parenting, one parent um, feeds on being that I call them the Disney dad or the Disney mom, yeah. you know, where they're the good parents or the ones that give extravagant gifts or the one that go on extravagant vacations. <clears throat> and the other is, you know, did you do your homework? And no, you can't uh, hang out with that friend because I don't think that they're um, a positive influence on you or I think you should really strive higher for the AP history class or whatever the parenting goal is and we also tend to live vicariously through our children and those parents that really live vicariously through their children to want them to um, be doctors or lawyers or dancers or actors or whatever it is that is congruent in their family and the child really doesn't feel that that's something that they want to live up to they can withdraw from that parent because they feel pressured to have to live up to those expectations. So the other thing is when um, a divorce is imminent, um, there tends to be a little bit of a power struggle for who makes the decisions. So the four categories in the, in the eyes of the law are religion, uh, medical, education, and extracurricular. So if one parent is in control of all four of those categories, they hold the the control. And if the other parent has no decision-making ability, the children naturally will gravitate to the parent that makes the control because they're the one that lets them 
you know, go to the school of their choice and not have to get braces or you know, whatever those decisions are. And they don't want to be with the other parent because the parent doesn't make, have any decision making abilities. So it's important that one parent have 50% and the other have 50% if it's adversarial. If the parents are able to make decisions that are congruent in, a light, in an alignment with one another, it's always in the children's best interest if both parents are in fact making those decisions together. Brilliant. So where can people get hold of you? We've been putting your website address on the, the screen. What would you well, like to say to people? The website is probably the easiest way to find me. Uh, betterdivorceacademy.com is the name of my website. It has a, a myriad of free resources on there, eBooks and templates and blog posts. I also have a podcast called The Thriving in Chaos Project that I co-host with attorney Sonia Kuralt. She's the founder of Divorceify. I also have a pretty large social media following uh, under Better Divorce Academy and my name, Paulette Rigo. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and of course the website and the podcast. My uh, book, Better Divorce uh, uh, Blueprint is coming out in January. And I wrote that because so many of my clients said, I have people that would love to work with you uh, down the road. They're not quite ready for this journey, but they like to have a, a little bit more education about the process, yeah. about can we save the marriage? What can we do to really prepare? There's a lot to consider. Um, getting organized and understanding the process of gathering information, forming a budget, understanding lawyer speak, how to choose advocates, beginning to really prepare yourself, um, and then really understanding that you need endurance to get through this, particularly in COVID. Eight to 14 months used to be the average amount of time of a divorce. Now it's more like two to three years if it's um, adversarial. And you need to really learn persistence, patience, and perseverance in a level that you've never had. So wellness has a lot to do with this. You need to have strength and support every step of the way. Managing the budget, understanding how to do that, and really getting familiar with the laws um, in, in your state or in your county. Um, and also how to have a child-centered divorce because the decisions mm -hmm. that you make will forever uh, influence the, um, the chartered course of your children's life and future and your family. And then really understanding what you want the outcome to be because regret is a terrible thing and being prepared for that. Things like dating in a digital age and making room for the new and stepping off the overthinking mind and do you change your name, goal setting, and really having a future that is powerfully and congruently uh, genuine with who you want your next chapter to be instead of one that you just allow the uh, courts and your lawyer or your mediator, I'm a, sort of a registered mediator too, to create for you. You want to be able to steer the, the steering wheel of the process as much as you can. When you take control and you're involved in the process, the outcome is much better. 
Thank you so much. I'm obviously going to have to have you back on the show. We've run out of time, but thank you very much for joining us. Now, we're not going to go into a, a break. We're going to, I'm going to finish the show off um, because we're running out of time. But I just felt it was so important that we didn't cut that short. So, Paulette, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a real pleasure. Um, and I've no doubt that you're going to be back on the show sometime next year. So thank you very much indeed. My honour. Thank you. So in the very few minutes that we have left, I want to talk to you about relationships and how you can help yourself create the very best relationship with you. If you go onto the website, genuinely-you.com, you will find that there is a program called the Relationship Bridge. And the Relationship Bridge is all based on how you can create the very best relationship with you. It talks about your beliefs and how you can audit your beliefs and recognize those ones which empower you, their keepers, and your limiting beliefs and do something to make them more empowering. It talks about how you treat yourself, whether that voice in your head is being critical and unhelpful and how to deal with it. One of my uh, clients talks about it as her parrot and we talked about, well, if you've got a voice in your head that's going on and on and on moaning at you and you had a parrot that was doing the same, how would you shut the parrot up? And she said, well, I'd put a cloth over the cage because then the parrot would go to sleep. Exactly. And I said to her, you know, if that fails, then shoot the parrot. It's not a real one. And I'm not for a moment suggesting that you would ever shoot a real parrot. But if that voice in your head is going on and on and on, it's time for you to take control. Within the relationship bridge, we talk about you being your own best friend, using the same criteria for you as you do for other people. So go and find out about the relationship bridge. It's on genuinely-you.com, and that can help you have a, a great relationship with yourself. And remember, as I started this show, so I'll finish it. Every relationship you have with other people is a reflection of the relationship you have with you. So it makes sense to have a great relationship with you. Whatever you're doing, I would say to you, please step into your genuine power and become the leader of your own life. I'm really looking forward to seeing you on the next show. I have another great guest. Please share this. Please let other people know so they too can become the leaders in their own lives. Thanks again. Bye-bye now. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcast.